In this episode of Narrow, Caleb and Calvin talk about idolatry, what it really is, and how it can easily become common in our lives. We discuss why it's bad and what we can do to eliminate it. Hey everyone, it's Caleb from Narrow Podcast. I hope you're doing well. Um, me and my buddy Calvin are here today in the studio. And um, Calvin, how are, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Be real with me. Be real? Be Dude, real I love me. that app. We've talked about it a couple times in Do the you podcast. actually? I, I've, I, think I it's like great. it. But like sometimes like the other night it came up and it was like, yeah, be real. And I was like, okay, fine. It was like, what, eight, eight o'clock or all the time I get it when I'm at work. So like, I get it when I'm on the toilet all the time. Do you wait and then finish and then go take a picture or do you take it when you're on the toilet? I wait. It's like I'm either on the toilet or I'm at my computer doing work because I work remotely. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm always at my desk when it happens. Or the other night, I didn't see it, and I was like, "What's going on? Did it like crash?" Yeah, no. And then it, it came out at 11:50 p.m. Yeah, I was in bed. My I guy. was angry. I no, I was hanging with my roommates then, and me and my roommate Clay were talking about it, and we were like, "Why hasn't it come?" Because we were out having fun. We were with the boys. Went out to a yeah. pizza place. Went to pins. We're hanging out, and would have been great to put that on Be Real, but said I was sleeping when I got the Be Real notification. Yeah. But I think that's a good way just to kind of break into what we're talking about is like what's interesting about that is like why are we upset about not getting our be real or being real that day or whatever um, when the whole per- the whole point of the app is to kind of um, create a social media that's non-curated, right? Yeah. Um, because... I think what not only the Christian community, but now I think secular communities are realizing is we have this strong connection, almost addiction is probably what it would be categorized in a secular community to social media. And I think, I think that transfers beyond that community, but I think as Christians, we might more commonly call it idolatry. Now I I think if you like look at Instagram, like, hold on, you're idolizing what? I think idolizing your um, the way you're presenting yourself, kind of idolizing the status and okay. the opinions of okay. others, and that's that's how like our Instagram and our Twitter it it becomes curated content because we choose what to put out, and still with be real, we're choosing certain things to put out, but not really. Like, like you said, sometimes it hits you when you're on the toilet and you kind of don't have a choice. So sometimes it hits you at your desk or it hits you when you're out having fun. But um, it hits you at different times, but you still have to like choose the angle, choose that stuff. It's still somewhat curated. But I think it's interesting that like, yeah, if we miss it, we still feel a little off. Yeah. If you're like involved with the app, I guess, if you use it a lot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I see what you mean. I, I think for Christians, I know it's a lot of times very easy for us to see, you know, obviously it says in the Bible multiple times, like, do not make any idols, do not have any other gods before me, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. And we pass it off. We're like, well, yeah, I'm not worshiping Baal. I'm not worshiping Moloch. Like, I'm not making an idol of gold. I don't have a shrine, like mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And so we kind of... I think prematurely put that off because we, it's easy to think that idolatry can only come in those forms. 
Right. But I think idolatry, well, I, I know idolatry comes in much more subtle forms. Like, mm-hmm. it could be idolizing yourself. It could be idolizing your success. Mm-hmm. It could be idolizing what you're working towards. Um, anything, like, just to be clear, I guess, a- anything you put above God is an idol. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's the thing is, like, I like what you were saying with how sometimes when we're growing up with that, especially if you, like, grew up in the church, you kind of realize you kind of justify it. You're like, well, I'm not, I don't have a statue of gold in my bedroom that I, like, pray to or whatever. Yeah. And it's, then if you look at that, but you also... You don't? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't Should have... Should I get rid of mine? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, but then, like, you look at, like, it's the thing with new newer Christians, too, in the faith. Like... That's a very much, that's just a Christian term, a very biblical term. Yeah. Idolatry. Yeah. Right. And so like, they're like, well, that's an old kind of, it doesn't really apply to us today because we don't as much um, worship like these archaic gods. Yeah. But then there's also, maybe they're just categorizing it to other religions. And there, there's something to be said about that too, because like there are other religions, um, that have gods, some that don't have gods, mm-hmm. um, but somewhat, I mean, they definitely become idols. Yeah. And when you're not a Christian, if you're following under those religions, then those are your idols. Yeah. Um, but it's not only that, it's also these other things, like you were saying, success, your, your um, image, um, your um, material wealth, the things that you have, things like yeah. that. Um, and not even just not even that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it can be the pursuit of that. Yeah, because you get so wrapped up in it. Because um, obviously, I don't know if you're going for success. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very time consuming. Like oh, yeah. success is hard. Yeah, um, which is why it has such a lofty. Um, like su- success is a lofty goal. Yeah, because it requires a lot of time, energy, commitment, um, and there's nothing wrong with achieving success right um but if you put success like material mm-hmm. success earthly success above the lord and above your relationship with god and mm-hmm. let it get in the way like you're placing that above right your relationship with god like that becomes an idol and it, it says in the bible um you cannot serve two masters yeah um, where is that? Do you know what that is? I don't. I don't. Oh, no, it's on my head. Okay, I'll find that. I know. Shame on me. I Work know. at a church and don't know that reference. <laughs> Shame on you. Shame yeah, um, we'll find that reference. But um, it, do, it does say that. I yeah. Am. That is yeah. a fact. Um, and that kind of, you know, that comes to light. When you are serving two masters, like, that mm-hmm. can be a lot of different things, like we just talked about. Yeah. And, I mean, you might think, well, like, I, I, you know, I like the idea of money, but, or the idea of success, but I'm not like worshiping it, but I would definitely argue that when you idolize success, Mm -hmm. then the act and the pursuit of it, that consistent pursuit, that is the worship of the idol. Cause that's what you're doing. Yeah. Cause does that make sense? It makes sense. Cause that's what you practice. Right. Right. Um, and it's also, it's Matthew 6, 24. That was the reference you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in the same way that like, if we have Christ seated on the throne, which is again, another very Christian term, but basically meaning if we're putting him first, 
right? If mm-hmm. he is our like singular master, then everything we do in pursuit of him is our worship, right? So it's not just, I think we've talked about that before in our, our previous episode on worship, but like worship isn't just music. It's, it's what you way do. more than that. Yeah. It's what you're practicing and like what you're doing in pursuit and to glorify that thing yeah. that you are. Like you worship with your life. Yep. And your actions and your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And if what you're pursuing is not of God and what you're pursuing like supersedes your pursuit of God, mm-hmm. that's an issue. It's and it's an idol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely believe I, I, I agree with that. I think um, Colossians three one through seven. I'll I'll say this pretty quickly, but this whole this whole that whole chapter is great. But that the, the big part of the chapter is talking about what life is like since you have now been raised with Christ. Now that you are um, living with Christ, so it says starting in verse one it says. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Yes. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. And then it it goes on. And I would strongly encourage you guys to read the rest of that chapter and just read Colossians. It's a great book. Um, Bars. It is bars. (laughs) No, seriously, it's like right after one thing after another. If you keep reading in that chapter... It is hard. It hard. It's very hard hitting. But it is talking about since we our life is in Christ, it's based in and it's around Christ. We are putting to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, and it says sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So, Caleb. Yep. How can we? How can we give that up? Like, how can we? Mm. How do we find the balance between? Things that are good, um, like mm-hmm. success and, and, and doing a good job, doing a good job at your work, like things that are good. How can we find a balance between that and not letting it become an idol? Yeah, that's a great question because there's definitely like there's extremes to that answer. There's like people who don't really see those things as idols. That's an extreme, and that that, that that's an error. And there's also then people who see almost everything outside of God as an idol and run away so hard that they join a monastery. So that it goes, monasticism is the other extreme where they push away even the opportunity for idols, mm. which there's nothing against monasticism. It's cool. It's not for me. There's a lot of, th- there's a lot of things I think we could all learn from um, Christian monks. Um, I think it's really interesting, but I won't stay on that for too long. I think for us in modern day, um, I, I'm assuming most of our listen, listeners are here in the U.S. If not, that that's awesome. I'm assuming most of our listeners are in the present day. They are in the present day. <laughs> um, for us today, I really think it is setting the priority mm-hmm. um, 
and not just ignoring everything else as well. So I think setting daily, daily having a priority of pursuing God, of being in relation with him. So pursuing his word. So having that, um, you know, I, I say this is kind of like uh, the Bible study answer where it's this, the easy answers of read your Bible more, pray more, and uh, worship more. Which, they're easy answers because they're true in almost every situation. They won't solve everything. That's God who will do that. You doing these things won't make your life better. Mm -hmm. But it's because of God. So, I think setting the priority to be in those things, to be in God's word, to be in prayer as much as you can be, and to be mindful of what you do and see it as worship. Yeah. I think that last part is really important when it comes to idolatry because then your success at work no longer becomes your success, but Mm -hmm. it's a success that's glorifying to God. Yeah. Because you're not doing it for you. You're doing it to glorify God. So if you change your attitude of why, Mm -hmm. why you're doing it, it's like, I am doing this to please the Lord. Like God has given me this gift and I'm going to develop it. Yeah. For his kingdom. Yes, absolutely. I think that we can please God through all of those things. Not just, um, you know, like, I think it can be easy to kind of get into a mindset of like, oh, well, I'm just doing normal, like just regular things. Like it doesn't God doesn't care about my accounting job or doesn't care about my, my classes, or how I'm doing in them. So uh-huh. it's easy to disregard those things, but in it, when in fact it's very much our attitude and it's the way that we are in those things, in that job or in those classes, and what we're doing and how we conduct ourselves that's more important because that becomes our worship. But it also keeps them from those things from becoming idols. Okay, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I guess I think... One way that can help us um, is as we are reading, or as we evaluate our lives, um, I forget the verse, um, but somewhere in, I want to say, I don't even know, honestly. New or old? New. I think, I know Paul wrote it. Okay. Also Paul, but he said. Someone knows it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He wrote a lot of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He wrote about how, like, make sure everything you do is pleasing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we are evaluating our activities, evaluating our life, just make sure we can, with full assurance, be like, mm-hmm. yo, God likes this. Um, and we can find that out by reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, Getting to know God's character. Yes. Um, and so just making sure that what we're doing is pleasing to God, making sure what we do is for his kingdom, um, mm-hmm. keeping the mindset of, what we're doing is for him and not for us um, and being very like selfless in that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And I definitely agree. I think that's something that we kind of forget is like when we are reading scripture, we are learning about God's character. And I think that's something that's easily forget. Yeah. Forgotten. Um, that's easily forget. Easily forget. <laughs> <laughs> We are we're great with grammar, by the way. With grammar. 
Grimoire. Yeah. I love Grimoire. Grimoire. Just like Grimoire makes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, well, moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can... How does idolatry infiltrate, like, even activities in the church and uh, the church itself? Like, how, how does right. that sneak in? Yeah, that's a fantastic question, man. So, I think we've kind of become, we can have, we can idolize the church itself, the institution of it, and set that above Christ. Which is confusing because the whole purpose of the church, the church is the body of Christ, right? We're, we're all gathered in the same pursuit of growing closer and glorifying God. Yeah. So the problem is, is when we set that above God, when we, when we say, oh, well, this is a very common thing when you're in ministry to think, like, well, this needs to be really good and it needs to be of a high production or the service yeah. needs to be really yeah. good. The speaker needs to be really good. And your the subwoofer needs to be turned the all the way up. subwoofer needs to be bumping. The bass player needs to drop some licks. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and if it's, and if that's not good, then like the whole thing is, the whole service is ruined. Su- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when you're in ministry, you kind of, I mean, it's easy. It's very easy for me to like be planning a service or something and be like, oh man, this is going to be so good. This is going to be great. And then not focus and sometimes not even think about like, okay, what is God going to do through this? Because that's the whole whole point. How are we going to glorify God in this? And how is he going to be moving in this? Um, And we kind of start thinking about the function and the form of the church rather than the purpose of it. Yeah. Um, which is a big problem. Um, I think that's very common for people in ministry. Now, people outside of ministry, I think idolatry really kicks in when it, when you start looking at megachurches and mm-hmm. like celebrity pastors. Yeah. Um, and this has been something that like, obviously, if you're if you're in Christian news, you may have heard um, recently about um, Matt Chandler. We won't talk very much about it. I do want to clarify that I think that um, he did a good job in addressing the problem. He was transparent in it was that a he, proactive, not reactive. Just yes, you know. it was proactive and not reactive, which st- should stand out to us. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk about this too much. But I think he did a good job in like um, he, he. So for those who are unaware. He was messaging a woman on Instagram, um, nothing romantic, nothing sexual or anything like that. But um, his wife knew about it. The woman that he was messaging, her husband knew about it. But from the elders and I think a third party investigator, it was deemed too too intimate, too friendly, too um, frequent. Too frequent. Yes, that's the words. Um, but he was very proactive in it. Um which is great. I mean, I think I think he did a good job in that, and he took a leave of absence, and he'll return at some point. But what I what kind of stuck out to me when that happened is I remember hearing in my mind I was hearing myself say this, what I had said in the past that like, oh well, goodness, I don't know what I'd do if Craig Groeschel or <laughs> Matt Chandler like had a moral failure, which is what we would call something like. Um, 
what happened with maybe um, Ravi Zacharias would be considered a moral failure. Yeah. Um, which that's a whole other or like story. Carl Lentz or, or Carl Lentz, where you find these pastors who are in these mega churches and have major spheres of influence. They have a moral failure because they're in their, like in their personal lives. In their personal lives, and it, it's comes, a, it comes to light that they're not practicing what they preach, and exactly. then and then it brings up the question: like, how can I listen to this preacher mm-hmm. um, if he's doing this stuff in his personal life? Like, right? Even even if what he's saying, even if what he's saying in church is like true and biblical and like applicable and good, mm-hmm. like it still feels wrong to listen to him knowing what he's done in his personal life. Yeah. And so the reason I brought that up is because when that thing happened with Matt Chandler, because I had said that before, like, oh, if Matt Chandler ever did something like that, I don't know what I would do. I was confronted. I was like, when I say that, I am really idolizing this man. Yeah. I'm really putting him on a pedestal. I never listened to Matt Chandler. He's great. I think he's fantastic. He's pretty heady, um, pretty, pretty cerebral in his preaching. Um, but I like it a lot. Um, he's like the antithesis to Stephen Furtick. Bro, I have never heard anybody say the word. He's very cerebral. <laughs> like, I'd say like, he's very brainy. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know why I say that. Probably because I listen to Matt Chandler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyways, I it revealed to myself, in my own heart, a level of idolatry um, for him or for like Craig Rochelle. We love Craig. We love Craig. We do. But like we have to come to the point and realize and make sure that we love Christ so much more than I love Craig Groeschel. Way more than I love Matt Chandler. And so that was a convicting moment for me. And I think it can be for a lot of people um, because we really do fall into this thing where we're like, oh man, like have you heard the latest Stephen Furtick message? Or the last Matt Chandler message, or John Piper's Ask Pastor John episode last week, and where we like start following these people, and we kind of choose these modern um, pastoral heroes that we follow more closely and make idols of, rather than following Christ and what He's saying. Yeah, that's where the idolatry creeps in. That's why I brought that. Whole, that's that's kind of how that came up, but. That was something that was exposed in my own heart recently was like how highly I held Matt Chandler. And I still do. I still think he's good. And I think what he did, I think he had the right response to that. Um, But it made me take a step back. I'm like, okay, I have to be a little bit more careful with how, how I'm approaching that. Because I think it can easily become an idol. And... Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people can create idols within a church. And even on a smaller level than that, I think we can sometimes idolize the senior pastor of our own church. Sometimes. Not everybody, and not every church, but I think that can happen. Yeah, because what happens is we start like... Because we become so tied to hearing what they say, like mm-hmm. hearing what they preach. Right. It, in our minds, can kind of meld with the gospel, with the Bible, and be like, right. because this person is delivering the word, he is the word. Like, he is the word. <laughs> He's the authority. No, you're right. We we begin to, like, 
conflate him or that 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 preacher or theologian with God's word rather than simply looking at God's word. And sometimes we get too tied up in the, the theology. Yeah. I think that's the other place where um, idols can come into within Christianity is like some people idolize certain theologies or certain schools of theology like um, Arianism or Calvinism. I think those theologies... Bro, bro, bro. Arminianism. What I say? You said Arianism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm a little tired. Armenianism. <laughs> I mean, Arianism was an idol. Yeah. Anyways, Arminianism, Armenianism, and Calvinism. I think those theologies, while like whatever you think about them, is fine. Okay, wait, wait, just just pause real quick for people who don't know what that is. That's kind of like. Free free will versus not free will, like predestination, stuff like that. Um, But like the two major fathers of that thought. So Arminianism, John Wesley. And John Calvin. And then John Calvin for Calvinism. My middle name is John, so I'm Calvin John. Yes, he is. And I'm not even a Calvinist. Yeah. so. So I think for people in the church, especially the more like very theology deep people can can really take those theologies and make them idols to the point where they like are um they're not approaching people yeah. in love and they're holding the words of John Calvin or John Wesley above scripture and that's a problem and the reason why that like kind of happens sometimes is it's like we get caught up in mm-hmm. being like we idolize being so right um like we have the moral high ground. We have the scriptural high ground, mm-hmm. but not even scriptural. It's like we have the interpretive high yeah. ground, um, and so we get good way into into fights with other Christians about stuff that ultimately doesn't matter. It is mm-hmm. fun to debate, but when it becomes sure. into like a serious falling out or something like that, mm-hmm. like that can happen when we're idolizing being right. Yeah, yeah, that that correctness. Um, that pride becomes an idol. Yeah, and I mean, I there is a um, I'm reminded of a John Piper episode about this, but he was talking and he was like, you know what? Like when I disagree with a brother in Christ on Calvinism or Arminianism, like he's still my brother in Christ, and I still will spend eternity with him. And so, like, why should I leave this earth still angry with him? And arguing over something that, like, we both will have the answers to when we reach eternity. And it's a good thought. Like, I don't I don't ever want... Because I've experienced it. I've had somebody tell me when I was speculating, I thought about going to a Wesleyan school. And I had a guy who was Calvinist tell me, he's like, oh, they're not Christians. And I said, what? He said, no, they're Wesleyan. They're not Christians. And he just said it, like, so matter of fact. I was like, oh, my goodness. This is wild. And that became that moment became very clear to me how some people um, can really idolize those things and really kind of make those things more of a priority than God's own scripture and yeah. his own word. But yeah, I think that's how idolatry leads into the church. That's the question you asked me like 10 minutes ago. But. Okay. Well, thank you for explaining. That makes sense. 
Um, I hope so. <laughs> just, had, just to make I had sure. I some mess ups there. <laughs> I meant Arminianism, not Arianism. <laughs> yeah. I just so, to make sure. Can you re- repeat the whole thing again? <laughs> um, no. I guess uh, one thing we didn't completely cover, which I'd like to touch on before we wrap mm-hmm. up. Um, what happens when our church leader fails? Mm. Um, maybe it's someone we've been unfortunately idolizing. Maybe it's somebody we've just been really listening to a lot. Like, like what do we do in that case? Like, what is the right thing to do? Mm. Definitely. That's a great question. Um, I think it depends on who you are. I think, um, so unhelpful. No, I know. I know. I'm going to explain that. I'm going to explain. Um, I was like, for people in ministry, it's different because like, if you are someone who's preaching to people, like, are you going to take some old theology from Mark Driscoll and use that in a sermon? Are you going to quote him even? And some, I think that's a personal, um, you have to decide that on your own. Um, but then you look at other, like, so there are Christians who were greatly influenced by, by Mark Driscoll, by Ravi Zacharias, um, by Carl Lentz, even, um, all these people that like were so impactful in their, in their journey, uh, in their early journey as Christians, um, and then to see them fall from grace, I think we have to remind ourselves that they are only human, that they are fallible, like the rest of us. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, God is a above. Like they, God is the authority. They are. Yeah. They may be bringing the word, right? But ultimately, it is God. It is God's word. It is not Mark Driscoll's word. It is not Robbie Zacharias's word. It's not Carl Lentz's word. Mm-hmm. It's God's word. Yeah, and it's hard. It's it hurts. I, like when everything broke about Robbie, that was heartbreaking. Because um, I did. I used to listen to him all the time, and I know like tons and tons of people who did. Um, and there was a good. There's another ask Pastor John John Piper episode about this where someone had asked me and addressed it, but he talked about I can't remember who off the top of my head, but he talked about um, biblical characters who were faulted but still carried out God's mission, God's like word David. and had an impact. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was like new Testament. I can't remember. It was, Paul? no, it was somebody like Saul killed Christians. Yeah, no, but he had this redemptive kind of this oh. redemptive art. Is he still felt fallible? Cause he's just a man. Yeah. But he was talking about somebody else. Um, who is the treasurer among the disciples? I can't remember. Mark. No. I don't remember, but go listen to that episode um, from Ask Pastor John. He gives a good good answer, but he talks about, like, these people will fail. Yeah. Right? And, like, but they're still, they're, they still have an impact. They're still building the kingdom. And that doesn't make an excuse. By no means does that excuse what they did wrong. I want that to be very clear. But we can still recognize some of the things that they did to build the kingdom as as good things. And I don't think you should disregard everything that they ever said because of this failure. Yeah. Um, I guess should you take a closer look at it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it's right of us to 
throw the baby out with the bathwater, yeah. if you will. You know, it's like, it's like everything that Mark Districkle said, everything that Ravi Zacharias said is now invalid and false. Like, that's not true. Right. Um, but you should take a closer yeah. look. when, Or you should just listen carefully when he speaks or when you're listening to recordings yeah. of him. Same thing with Mark. And so, I mean, I guess you're right. It's ultimately up for you to decide. Um, it's a very personal thing. It, it is. It depends on like who you are. It's like, what are you gonna? Are you gonna allow yourself to listen to some of those things? But you just have to be careful. That is the warning. It's just yeah. Be so so careful and always prioritize God's word as the authority. Yeah. Um. That kind of went off as a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I no, think I it was good. It. That was good. Um. Well, do you have anything else before we bring it to a close? Um, I just um, go read Colossians three. That's 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 what I want to close with. Is I want to challenge our listeners to listen to Colossians three. Okay. Listen to it. Read it. Wait. Listen to it. <laughs> you can listen to it on like the Bible app. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do that. It's a great. I love Colossians. Um, but that chapter's good it hits hard it's very good sweet so yeah just remember god's the authority and he is number one number one seek the kingdom of god and all else will be added to you seek first the kingdom of god yeah yep absolutely anyway thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed it um we definitely enjoyed making it yeah um and we will see you next time love you Bye. <laughs> I'm going to cut that. So. Bye.